Welcome to Free College Can Happen to You, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. What's the best SAT prep material? How do I use the SAT to get free college? What do I need to do to get scholarships? Here's your host, Gene Burke with College Prep Genius, the no-brainer way to SAT success. Hi, this is Jean with College Prep Genius. I am so excited about today's program, uh, about the secrets of the PSAT, best kept secret to free college. Now, if you hear a little background noise, I apologize. I am on location and I'm going to try to minimize that, but just to kind of forewarn you. Today, I'm going to give you the full seminar instead of breaking it into two because it's so important uh, that everyone hears this information, especially since this is the beginning of October. And we have the PSAT coming up. It's usually the third Wednesday or the third Saturday of October. So I just really wanted to get this information to you. And, and I guess the main reason why I'm so excited about the PSAT is because that's really what started uh, my quest years ago uh, to what has led me now to um, a program uh, that I created that has been you know, all across the world. And we've been featured on national television, and many of our kids have just become national merit scholars and gotten a full ride just about to any school they wanted to go to. Uh, let, me, let me kind of give you a quick background of why this PSAT is so um, meaningful to me, and, and, and hopefully it, it will be for you as well. Now, if, before you get started, if you want to download the notes to help guide you along and so that you have something to write on, go to College Prep Genius dot com slash PSAT radio. So polygraphgenius.com slash PSAT radio. PSAT radio. Well, let me give you a, back, a quick background. Uh, about 12 years ago, when my son Josh was in ninth grade, we literally had no money for college. And, you know, as you know, uh, as a homeschooling you know, parent, we tend to be one income and you know usually the husband works and the wife is homeschooling the kids and so there's really not a lot of money uh, anywhere especially for college and I happen to have a friend mention to me that you know you could get free college on tests like SATs and PSATs and that really intrigued me so what I did was with my son Josh started working on these tests and you know we went through lots of different things and books and programs and Try to find out what works and what doesn't work. And here's the long story short. He became a National Merit Scholar, and we literally threw away seven trash bags full of college offers. Seven. Every day my mailbox was stuffed full for probably about a year after he took the test. The, the offers that he got were full ride, free tuition, free room and board, free grad school money, uh, you know, even money to study abroad in other countries. And so that was my first glimpse into how important this test was, you know. And then later, of course, after my my daughter got her uh, scholarships and free college, all my friends wanted to know what we did, and and that's of course whenever I um, put this program together about ten years ago. So today I'm going to show you the secrets of the PSAT and why it is the best kept secret to free college, and why a lot of stuff you may have never heard before. You know, when it's all said and done, you're going to learn some really cool little known secrets. Uh, you're going to know how your child can actually ace this test and hopefully become a National Merit Scholar like my child. And at the very minimum, it's certainly going to help them on their SATs as well. Now, I also have an ebook uh, that I give away called 15 Secrets to Free College. 
uh, it also includes a $5 code for any product that we have online, and I'll give you that uh, code in the end. Now, I want to talk about um, this PSAT. Now, how many of you out there have, you know, somewhere between eighty dollars to $100,000 saved up per, per child? Yeah, no, neither did we. You know, and eighty. Ninety thousand is not even really the high-end range of college. It actually is more of a low to mid-range price for a private university. You know, certainly you can get state schools that are less, and you can get Ivy League schools that are more. But you know, that's probably somewhere around a mid-price for for a good private school. The school that my kids went to was about eighty-six thousand dollars a piece, and of course we had no money for college. You know, much less that kind of money. So eighty thousand dollars. I mean, obviously. How can you get that kind of money? Well, certainly scholarships. That is that is the key. You know what what can this PSAT PSAT test do for your child if they do well? Well, certainly they can get all their tuition paid for. They'll even pay things like your fees, uh, give you things like unlimited laundry and unlimited lunchroom passes. Uh, when I say that to my students in my classes, they usually get really excited, especially the boys. The school that my kids went to, you know, it had a Chick-fil-A, Subway, Starbucks, you know, in the college, and one of the cool things about getting an unlimited luncheon pass is you can pretty much eat all day long for free if you want, so that's a big motivator for a lot of kids. Uh, some of the other um, perks that you might receive is study abroad stipends. This is where a lot of the colleges will let your child take the scholarship that they earn and be able to apply that uh, to study abroad in other countries. So it's very life-changing. We're really blessed. Both my kids get to do this. My son studied abroad for free in Costa Rica, and my daughter studied abroad in Austria. Uh, and then in grad school, she studied abroad in Germany. Now, some of the other perks that we received based on the PSAT score were uh, some schools offered a brand new computer. Uh, they would give us grad school money, honors dorms, $5,000 spending cash. So the list goes on and on. Um, it's such a bragging right for these colleges to have national merit scholars at their school. So they, they're willing to do just about anything to get your child to come there. Now, I want to talk about the PSAT. What is the PSAT? Well, first of all, it is not a practice test. This is what you hear a lot of times. People, a lot of guidance counselors that I teach at some of the schools, they will say things like, well, the PSAT is just a practice test. You know, it's not a really big deal. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. You know, the P in PSAT does not stand for practice. It actually stands for the word preliminary. And the full name is PSAT slash NMSQT, National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. So this is the one test that if your child takes, can literally change their life. Pretty much like winning the college lottery. That's how I look at it, that's, and that's how it happened to us. We, you know, we went from a point where we had no money for college to our dilemma was, where do we go? You know, we have so many different offers. Now, I want to talk about the, the PSAT and the SAT as far as similarities and differences. First of all, both of the SAT and the PSAT are written by the College Board, the ETS, the Division of the College Board, and they have the same types of questions. So heard me talk about the SAT, how it's a logic test, and it's really testing their thinking skills, not so much how smart they are, what they know. That's why anybody can do well on this test, because really it comes to down to how to take this test. 
And so, but you're going to have the same type of questions by the, written by the same people. So, pretty much if you're studying for one, you are studying for the other one. That's why I'm such a big believer in all students taking this PSAT at a young age. Now, the, the only difference between the SAT and the PSAT is there's no essay or algebra 2. And it is shorter. The PSAT is 2 hours and 20 minutes long, and the SAT is 3 hours and 45 minutes long. Now, again, both are very important. It's not a matter of whether which one do you take. You want your child to take both. So, so important. Because, obviously, they're both used for different purposes. The, the SAT you need to get into college, and, of course, obviously, there's scholarships available in the SAT. The PSAT is simply used for the National Merit Scholarship Program. So, all students should be doing both. Now, the PSAT, just like the SAT, does have three sections. Critical reading, math, and writing. The critical reading is two sections at 25 minutes long. The math section is two sections, 25 minutes. And then the writing portion, there's one section, 30 minutes long. Now, each section is worth 80 points. So the most your child can get is a 240. If they received a perfect 80 on all three sections, it would total 240. Now, the PSAT, let me give you some important facts about it. It is only offered once a year. It's generally the third Wednesday or the third Saturday in October. The best way to, to find out would be to go to the College Board website, collegeboard.com, and click on PSAT and put in your zip code, and it will tell you what schools in your area are giving the PSAT. Generally, they're held at a local high school. And to sign up, you sign up at the school, not online. I highly recommend that you sign up as soon as possible to reserve the spot. Very, very important uh, because if they don't have a room, room for you, they order the book up ahead of time, then you won't be able uh, to be able to get a spot. So if you call a school or you go to a school and they do not have a spot, call around and find another place. Sometimes they'll put you on a waiting list if you haven't signed up yet. And oftentimes, they will um, call you, you know, if they have an opening, but the child doesn't show up. So make sure that you get a spot. Now, the cost for the PSAT, it, it gets, again, depending on the school, can somewhere be around 15 uh, as much as up to $30. Now, there are waivers available. Now, waivers are where your child can get their test paid for. Now, as a homeschooler, you would simply talk to the local guidance counselor about getting that waiver and being able to get the test paid for. Now, so when do you take this PSAT? Well, certainly the junior year is the only year it counts for scholarships. You know, no matter how perfect of a score your child may get on, you know, in the earlier grade, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It only counts in the junior year. But I highly, highly, highly recommend that you sign up your freshman and your sophomore to take this test. Now, obviously there's several reasons why you want your child to take this test. First of all, it helps them get familiar with the testing environment. I know a lot of times homeschoolers are not familiar with sitting down in front of strangers and, and taking a long test, so this will really ease some of that test anxiety. And number two, you can actually get your child's test booklet back in the mail. Now, once you get their booklet back in the mail, that gives you the opportunity to be able to go over what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and be able to see what you need to work on before it actually counts in the junior year. Now, when you your child 
uh, takes the PSAT, and let's suppose they get a certain score in your state. We'll go over that in a moment, um, how you'll know what score it is for your state. Um, there are four stages of competition. The three initial stages are semifinalist, finalist, and scholar. Now, semifinalist is where you want your child to be, whatever that score is in your state. Uh, but if you don't quite make semifinalist, there's the earlier stage called the commendable stage. And that is where you may fall five to ten points below the semifinalist level. But hopefully you become the semifinalist. Now, if you become a semifinalist, it is very easy to become a finalist. And I'll show you in a moment how easy it is. And certainly if your child becomes a finalist, they're going to take about 8,000 of those finalists to become National Merit Scholars. Now, well, how do you know what your, uh, your state qualifies? Well, it depends on where you live and how, how many kids are taking the test and how well they do. For example, last year in Texas, the cutoff for National Merit semifinals was about a 219 out of a 240. Now, it's been about a 216 the last few years. So again, that can vary up or down a point or two. And then West Virginia was like 202. Mississippi was like 207. So it really depends on, on where you live. Now, let's suppose your child does meet that semifinalist qualifying score for your state. What's gonna happen is you're going to end up getting a big packet in the mail that will contain some login information. Now, this login information will tell you to go online and you're going to have to submit some things. Now here's the key to automatically becoming a finalist. And that is simply this. Fill out all the paperwork and get it all submitted on time before the deadline. That's it. Simply that's all you have to do to automatically become a finalist. Uh, unfortunately, every year thousands of students are disqualified from this contest because they do not do this. They think, you know, I'm a senior, I've got too much going on, I don't have time, you know, but it is that important. Now, the great news is that when your child takes the PSAT in their junior year, they'll take it in October, they will receive their booklet back in November, and they will get their scores back in December. So when you get the scores back in December, you already kind of have an idea of where they are at. So when you look at their composite score, and that there's not a little asterisk by the by the score, that means you're in the running for national merit. So that means you have pretty much almost, you know, nine, ten months to really get everything together, which doesn't take that long. So you don't have to wait till the senior year uh, to be able to get all this stuff. Which I, some of the things that they're going to ask you for to submit will be things like uh, write a self-descriptive essay. They're also going to want your child to turn in an SAT score. Now, the good news about that is it can be an old one up to a year before, and they have up to a year to take another one. Uh, so if, you, if they've done the SAT and they did great on it, then there's no need to take it again. Just use that score. They're also going to want to know some information about the transcript, you know, some of the classes that they, they've taken in school. They also want to know about some volunteer work, some leadership skills they've been involved in. And they're going to also ask for some letters of recommendation. Now, because you are, you are obviously the principal, the guidance counselor as a homeschooling mom and dad, um, then you could write that letter of recommendation. Now, so it's very, very important. Uh, you know, my must checklist is definitely meet that deadline. You know, it's that important. I have met people over the years who uh, received that packet in the mail and pretty much told me they threw it in the trash. And I just was stunned 
because they knew that that was hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of scholarships. Um, but in many cases, they really didn't know what it was, and nobody told them. Um, again, get all number two, get all those recommendations ahead of time, and number three on the checklist, make a follow-up phone call to the National Merit Corporation. You know, even though you may have got all the paperwork in, you got you got it in by the deadline, you hit that submit button. You know, sometimes, as we as you know, in cyberspace, things get lost. So you definitely want to make sure that they received it. Now, if your child does become that semi-finalist and then goes on to become a finalist, how to become a National Merit Scholar? Where there are three, there's three levels of National Merit Scholars. There's the National Merit Scholar, there's the corporate sponsor, and then there's a college sponsor. Now, how do they judge the criteria to become the National Merit Scholar? Well, they're going to look at several things. More, more is your child very holistically. They're going to look at their academic record, you know, the classes that they've taken. You know, were they rigorous? Did they have some AP courses? Uh, you know, did they take, you know, how many credits do they have? You know, did they take the hardest, you know, classes available for, to them? They're going to look at the SAT score, and then they're also going to look at their leadership skills, their involvement, their essay that they wrote. You know, they're going to take all that uh, together as a whole uh, for uh, the National Merit Scholar for that last level. Now, let's talk about uh, homeschoolers and the PSAT. Well, first of all, I want to talk about test location. Being able to find, uh, you know, where to take the test. You know, I would search the College Board website, you know, let them, you know, go in there, put your zip code, to, you know, that where you live, uh, and that should bring up some test locations. You can also call some schools in your area, ask your friends. Um, but that's the best place to do it. And like I said, do it as soon as possible. Number two, how do you how do you get your child's test booklet back? Well, here's the thing. You as a homeschooler can use what's called the homeschool code for your state. Now, what that does is if your child will put the homeschool code uh, for your state on the test booklet, they will actually send it to you, to your home. That way you can go over it and see how well they did. If you do not put the homeschool code, what happens is it will go back to the school that they took the test at, and there's a really good possibility you'll never see it again. So, homeschool code, you're going to find that. Um, generally, um, you can find that online. Uh, for example, in Texas, homeschool code is 994499. Florida, for example, 991099. The two numbers in the middle, sandwiched between the nine nines, is what your state is alphabetically. Now, so that's very, very important uh, that you go online and you just Google homeschool code for your state and you'll get it. Now, I, the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to homeschoolers in the PSAT specifically is the testing experience. It is very important um, that you, that your child has a good experience as a homeschool when they go uh, to the local uh, high school. Uh, you know, I've heard lots and lots of horror, horror stories of students who were ridiculed uh, because they were homeschoolers and they, were, they had their desk put out the hallway and someone stood over them or they were put in the second grade room where they had to sit in, you know, very small, you know, tiny chairs and tiny tables. And, you know, there are a lot of schools, unfortunately, that are not homeschool friendly. So what I highly recommend is that you do talk to your friends. You do talk to your friends who've taken the SAT, PSATs before and ask them where their child took the test and what kind of experience they have. Uh, because again, 
this, you know, I, I know people who totally bombed the test because they were so mortified uh, by the um, people at the school. So we don't want that to happen. So again, it's, it's discrimination, it's not right. Uh, but in your case, do do your homework ahead of time and find out where a good school is in your area. Now, I want to give you four little known secrets about the PSAT. Four little known secrets that I think are so important. And most people are not going to tell you these, but I'm going to give these to you because this is going to be amazing to help your child on this quest for the PSAT to do well, to ultimately hopefully become a national merit. Uh, semi-finalist and even go on to maybe become a scholar. Number one is called the student search box. Now what this is, this is a box that your child will, will have when they go take the PSAT that they can check. Do not check that box in the freshman and sophomore year. If you do, your child will be inundated with junk mail. Uh, but absolutely check that box in the junior year. Now, the reason why you want to check this box is there are over 2,000 colleges uh, that have paid to be on this list. And when your child checks this box, and let's say they become a National Merit semifinalist, their scores will go to these colleges and they will see, you know, how well your child did and they will start sending you all kinds of offers. Like we got, you know, like I said, seven trash bags full. And, and that's how they know that your child did well. Now, just because you don't necessarily get information from the college you're thinking about going to, doesn't mean that they're not going to give your child scholarships. This just means these are the only people who have paid to be on that list. The second thing is the SAT can be taken multiple times. I highly recommend that it be taken three times in the freshman year, the sophomore year, and of course the junior year when it counts for scholarships. Now, a lot of schools are going to tell you, well, we don't let the freshmen take it. Uh, or, or even younger, um, but you can go directly to the College Board website and it will tell you not only that you can take it multiple times, it talks about how students even take it even in the eighth grade. So sometimes I have to point schools to the College Board website. Uh, but again, and if one child do it, if one school doesn't let your child take the test in the, in the earlier grades, then find another school. The number three little known secret about the PSAT is the alternative testing method. Now, let's, this is where your child, let's say your child misses the PSAT in their junior year. Let's say they're sick or they're, they forgot or they're out of the country or whatever. Uh, you can actually have up to eight months to retake the test. Now, you won't be taking the PSAT because it's only offered once a year in October. Your child will take the SAT in exchange for the PSAT and they will convert the score. So let's say your child got a 2000 on the SAT, your child will get like a 200 on the PSAT. And they do not count the essay because it's not on the PSAT, so that will up your score more. Now, so let's say your child misses the upcoming PSAT as a junior, you would simply contact the National Merit Scholarship Program and you would tell them, my child missed the PSAT. Now you do not have to give any reason why they missed it. They do not care. Now once you let them know that, they will let you know all the testing dates of the upcoming SAT for this school year. Now your child would go take the SAT and they would use the code 0085. 0085 is that conversion code for the SAT 
score to be converted to a PSAT score. score. The PSAT score. And your child can also use this to send to colleges. So it can also be used as an SAT. So it does double duty. So you can put the, the uh, homeschool code conversion to the PSAT, and you can also put college codes as well. Now, here's the thing about the alternative testing method. If your child misses the October uh, uh, PSAT coming up, and you call them, let's say, the day after, and you let them know my child missed a test, you can take the November, December, January, March, May, and June SAT in exchange for the PSAT, and they'll just take the highest score. So you have eight more months to practice and six more chances to become a National Merit Scholar. Little known secret. And the last little known secret is you can actually purchase retired PSAT tests online. Now, the College Board used to sell them on their website, but they stopped selling them about a year or two ago. But you can actually buy them on, like, eBay or Amazon. Now, these are real tests, and I highly recommend that you do this. You basically go on there, and when you search for them, you want to make sure you put down College Board PSAT slash NMSQT. Buy as many of them as you can. I've had many of my students raise their scores anywhere from 30 to 60 points on their PSAT after taking my class and by purchasing those, those tests and using them and being able to practice with them. So very, very important because you want to practice the right way. Don't buy any company out there that is not the college board. Those are just a bunch of fake questions written by people um, who don't write the actual test. Now, I've got some really exciting news uh, for, for families who tell me, you know what, there are schools that would not allow my 10th grader or even my 9th grader to take the PSAT. And, you know, again, like I said, even 8th graders could take it. And this is a service the College Board has called the PSSS. Now, that stands for Preliminary SAT Scoring Service. This is where younger students can gain an edge on the PSAT. Maybe your 8th grader, your ninth grader, or even some of your 10th graders who were not even allowed uh, to take the test in uh, October. Now, it's not for juniors, uh, but it can be for everybody else. It is not counted for the National Merit Contest, and the scores are not sent anywhere. Now, the way you can get involved and participate in the PSSS is any nonprofit group, let's say your homeschool support group or your co-op, they can actually administer the PSAT from January through March. This is after the actual October PSAT. Now, there's like a 50 minimum booklet, booklet that they buy. It's a very nominal fee to buy the booklets, but I'm sure you have plenty of students in your uh, homeschool groups or co-ops that are even the 7th, 8th, ninth graders uh, that want to be able to do this. Now, the best thing to do, of course, is to, I have a long number that you can download the brochure at the um, College Board website. I'll give that to you, but I'll also tell you an easy way to get it. It is professionals.collegeboard.com slash prof, P-R-O-F, download slash P-S-S-S dash brochure dot P-D-F. 
or if you just want to go to the Caldwell website and just search for PSSS and get that brochure to download. You, you can also fax them um, your request at 212-253-4210. Usually you do that around the end of October. And of course, uh, you can certainly email them if you have any questions. PSSS at collegeboard.com. I think this is such a, a great thing for students, especially the younger students who weren't able to get in there. And it does help them, uh, you know, get ahead and be able to have a jump on uh, the PSAT is what it's all about and help to eliminate some of that test anxiety. So how can your child ace this test, this PSAT? You know, is, you know, does my child have to be such a smart genius, such a brainiac to do this? You know, I've been teaching um, test prep for 10 years and, you know, I, I've had many a valedictorian come to my class that have bombed these tests. I've had many students who have 4.3s and, you know, they're in honor AP courses that absolutely do horrible. Because this is not about how smart your child is. SATs and PSATs are logic tests. And the reason why most students do poorly on them is because the questions are purposely misleading and they're designed to trick the child. But the great news is, you know, the wrong answers may look appealing, but there's only one right answer. And your student just needs to learn to find the wrong answers, the trick answers, and eliminate them first. A lot of kids will read the question and they look for the right answer. That is the wrong way to do it. What you want to do is look, read the question, and eliminate the four wrong answers first, which ultimately will leave you the right answer. When I do my How to Ace the SAT uh, seminar coming up, I'm going to go through all three sections of the test and show your child how they can answer every question in 30 seconds or less. So on your handout, if you hadn't downloaded the handout, you want to go to collegeprepgenius.com slash PSAT radio, and you'll have the handout. Now, those of you who have the handout, notice the very first question. This is taken from the critical reading section called sentence completion. While the bystander's version of the subway accident at first seemed blank, the detective was later flabbergasted after viewing the surveillance tapes to discover it was blank. Now, in this case, a lot of students will read the sentence and they, they pick a word that or words that sound good. That's the wrong way to do this test. You want to look for what I call key elements in the sentence. There's about eight key elements that the college board uses over and over again. In this particular sentence, the key element is the word while. So you're going to circle the word while. While means opposite. It means that your answers are going to be opposite each other. Maybe positive negative, or negative positive, or maybe something like hot and cold. Now, this is a very interesting sentence because notice it could have gone either way. The answer might at first appear positive and later discovered negative, or it might seem negative and be discovered positive. But this is a logic test, so the college would always give you a way out. So notice the five answer choices. Notice that A and D are both positive, and B and E are both negative. That leaves you with C, unbelievable and accurate opposite answers and that is the correct answer and of course a faster way to have done that is simply look at the five answer choices and find the one that's that is opposite and there's always going to be just one that's the fast way to do this now the second question there on your 
handout is a math question. The first four terms of a series are shown above. Which of the following could be the formula that gives the nth term of this sequence for all positive integers n? And you might be thinking, wow, I have not had that math in a long time. Well, here's the great thing about the math section on the SAT and PSAT. You don't have to be a math genius because they're not really testing your math skills. They're testing your critical thinking skills on a math problem. Because if you'll notice, if you look at the series at the top, from 3 to 6, notice that goes up 3 places. From 6 to 11, that goes up 5 places. And from 11 to 18, that goes up 7 places. So each time, it went up 2 more places, 3, then 5, then 7. So all you really need to do is look for the answer choice that has a plus 2 in it. And notice the 5 answer choices. And notice E is the correct answer, n squared plus 2. And it's the only answer that has a plus 2. And there's a lot of other cool ways to have found this answer. Um, I do a thing for what's called clones, where you'll notice uh, in the answer choices where 3 of the answer choices have a plus and 2 have an n squared. So you start to find that there's a, a recurring pattern there. And, and I show you that on my program on, on how to find patterns or how to find double or nothings or opposites, uh, opposites attract. So these are little recurring patterns the college board uses over and over on every single test. And if you think about it, that's why it's a standardized test. It's not random. They're always going to do the same thing every time. And the reason why you can find right answers is because the right answer, the wrong answers are, have, are made up of elements of the right answer. And so when you find that, wait a minute, you know, I see that several of these answers have this, the same this and the same that, then that's probably going to be in the correct answer. So, again, once, you know, you can't study for the SAT, you can't study for the PSAT. You have to study the test itself and how the college board writes the questions and how they write the answers. And once you understand that and that they do it over and over again and that they test the same basic concepts on every single test, then that's how your child can ace these tests. Now, the next question on your on your paper there is the writing question. Like most incoming freshmen, the college's identical buildings bewildered Paul the first week of school. Now, and then you're given five answer choices and you have to find the one with the best restatement of that underlying portion. Now, in this case, most students are going to read the sentence and then they're going to read all five answers huge waste of time and again you can become confused uh, and, and maybe make some mistakes but let me show you the reoccurring pattern that appears on this question notice that three of the answer choices a b and e all start off with the, the college's identical buildings and two c and d start off with paul so we know that right away we can eliminate two or possibly three answers. So we look at the sentence. Notice the word right before the underlying portion. It is freshman. So we need to modify freshman, which means obviously are we going to start off with the college's identical buildings or with Paul? Yes, Paul, of course. He is the freshman. So that means we automatically eliminated A, B, and E. And that only leaves us two answers, not five. 
we didn't even have to read the other three. That was a waste of time. So notice, Paul was bewildered by the college's identical buildings, or Paul, who found the college's identical buildings bewildering. Yes, you're all correct. C is correct. It is clear, it's concise, it makes the most sense. So the PSAT, it is one life-changing test. It, like I said earlier, it is like winning the lottery. It is like life-changing for your child to be able to pick the college they want to go to and have them pay your child to go there instead of you paying them to go to school. So let me give you some 11 steps to PSAT success. Number one, you've got to learn the recurring patterns and, and the shortcuts and the test-taking strategies on how to ace this test. Your child is only given about a minute per question. And of course, in many cases, a lot of students will take several minutes to work each problem. The great news is every question can be answered in 30 seconds or less. So learning those makes a huge difference and can go a long way into scoring high on these tests. Number two, pick up a free PSAT test at the guidance counselor office. They send one every year to the school, and those are absolutely free for everyone. So that gives you another practice test, along with any other ones that you may have or that you can get from uh, the online as well, some of those retired tests. Number three, download the official SAT study guide to the PSAT from the College Board website. It will give you more information about the PSAT, about the National Merit Scholarship Program, and it will just help you uh, steer your child in what you should be doing every year. Number four, if you've got younger kids, incorporate this into your school. That's the great thing about homeschooling is we are flexible and we can, we can add this in. You can use this as an elective and you can count that as uh, college prep or test prep or study skills. So I definitely recommend that you incorporate it in the ninth grade using maybe using college board materials and maybe spending 30 minutes to an hour a week. Not a lot of time. Number five, you definitely want your freshman to take the PSAT as a ninth grader. Remember, it doesn't count, and you can get your test booklet back. Number six, again, incorporate studying for the PSAT in the sophomore year. Again, using the college board materials, maybe spending an hour or two a week. And, of course, number seven, take the PSAT as a sophomore. Again, get your booklet back. Now, number eight, your heaviest studying should come the summer before the junior year. That year, you should maybe be spending 10 to 15 hours a week practicing, taking full-length tests. Using the summertime, practicing as a part-time job. Treat it that way, as opposed to getting a job and making a little bit of money. Put time in on this test, because ultimately it can yield hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of scholarship offers in your mailbox. Now, number nine, one of the best ways to practice for the PSAT as a junior is to take the October SAT, which of course we have that coming up soon, but taking that October SAT right before the PSAT can really help them because it is a longer and a little bit harder test, but it will get them ready for that PSAT in the third week of, of October. And number 10, take the PSAT as a junior in the third week of October. That is when it counts for scholarships. And number 11, if your student has already been studying the last few months and practicing for the PSAT, go ahead and have him take a November and a December SAT. And here's why. They've been studying, they're probably going to do very well on it, and 
they will probably get a great score on that SAT. And again, they don't quite get the score they want, have to take a couple more maybe in the spring of the junior year. What you don't want to do is have your child stress out and, and wait and take the, the SAT in their senior year. Because again, there's a lot less time to improve um, and they want to get those scores into the colleges probably by November or December. But the good news is, if you get it over with in the junior year, you're done. Get the score you want. Make the senior year test optional. Now, for those of you out there who may have a senior, again, you know, they can still do very well, and there's still full scholarships on the SAT. And I do recommend seniors take the SAT as many times as possible in their senior year. Colleges are generally going to just take the highest scores, and most will even super score and give you a high score from different tests from different sections. So if you get a really good math score in one section, a really good critical reading score on another, they will combine those to give them an overall higher score, which of course is more money uh, for your student. So ultimately the benefits of the PSAT are certainly scholarships. That's the main thing. You know, not having any money, being able to not graduate with debt. The average student takes about 20 years to pay off college loans two decades of their life. So getting scholarships, more benefits of the PSAT means you get to work less and study more. It also frees up time that you can distinguish yourselves with professors. Take study trips in the summer of your freshman year. Maybe do some internships in the junior and the senior year, not having to work and pay for college. Being able to graduate with honors, ultimately to get a better resume, better job, you know, more contacts. It's, it's like a snowball effect. You know, your child getting a scholarship and not having to worry about loans uh, and, and debt can set them up in so many different areas and be able to start off fresh in life without having, uh, you know, that hanging over their head. So it all starts with, you know, getting that high score. It yields amazing benefits. I'm such a big believer in how important this test is and, and being able to dispel the myth that it's just a practice test and it's no big deal. So here's my challenge for you this week. First of all, if your child is not signed up for the PSAT, if they're a junior, sophomore, freshman, go do that. Start calling around, find out what schools in your area uh, are, are giving it, have room for them because it's, you know, we're at, you know, we're just a few, you know, a couple weeks away from the PSAT. Go online to the Cosmo website and, and, and look for the schools um, by your zip code. And number two, look for the scores for your state, your semifinal scores of 2014. That's going to give you kind of a good idea of what your child needs to hit. You know, again, that can vary plus or minus or two, but if you will Google your state and, and PSAT semifinals cutoff scores uh, for 2014, it will give you, you know, kind of the what's what happened last year, and it will give you a better idea of what score you want to shoot for. And my other challenge to you this week for your homework is find the homeschool code for your state. Again, simply, you can do that on the College Board website. Uh, you can just Google that. Again, it, it's all based on what your state is alphabetically. 9-9, the two numbers in the middle will be your state, and then 9-9. And of course, ultimately, that is what will get your score sent back to your home and your test book will come into your home. If you're interested in your child learning how to take this test, you know, we've been doing this for 10 years, you know, like I said, and I want to give, as a gift to you, I want to give you my ebook for a penny. It's called 15 Secrets to Free College. 
It does talk about the PSAT in it as well. It's normally $9.95. But if you will go to collegeprepgenius.com slash radio, you can actually get that ebook for a penny. So when you go to my website, collegeprepgenius.com, click on 15 Secrets to Free College, and put in the code radio, you will get it for a penny. And that will give you a lot of great information. You know, the, these tests determine you know where your child gets to go to college and who's going to pay. And so I'm, I'm encouraging you that your child can ace this test. It is a learnable test, and it really is all about how to take the test. It's all about how the questions are written. So I hope I've encouraged you today. You know, if you want to know more about how to get free college, how we've helped kids ace these tests, if you're interested in maybe having our program in your city and showing your kids how to ace this test, all that information is on my website on how to host a class, or you can certainly email us at info at collegeprepgenius.com or call our office 817-282-7737. Thank you so much, and I will look forward to talking to you next time.